Good evening. How goes it? Good. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say three sentences, and I want you to see which ones I sound better in. All right. Okay. This is the first one. How now, brown cow? Uh-huh. And the second one is also how now, brown cow? Okay. I don't have a third. I don't know why I said three. Your second one is a lot better than your first. All right. I'm currently sweating this Dayton game, so if I become less responsive as we do this, I apologize. Do, do, not, do not apologize at all. I just had to see which one of those a, uh, was going to be the most effective for me. So, uh, Yeah, the second one sounds better, in my opinion. Can you also hear this? Yes, I can. It's the sound of freedom. And I would, I would very much like to punch you in the face. <laughs> Putting in nicely, because guess who has to go into work right now at 12? Yeah. Yeah, I know in, you do. In negative, in negative. I was gonna say, uh, are, are all of like, I feel like the meteorologists just have to be so amped up, so amped up. My guys are more happy when it's like negatives. When, when no, not when it's negatives. When it's like snowing and you know, bleep hits the fan. Mm, understandable, understandable. They just seems like when any of theirs, I feel like they just have to get amped up for any like big weather events. You know, they probably hate it in like March when it's like, oh, it's a, uh, it's fifty and breezy for three weeks straight. <laughs> nothing's changing. It might rain here and there, but nothing's changing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gives them a little, gives them a little action. Because frankly, you know, at least here in Ohio, that the uh, this this winter so far, at least, has been quite mild. It has, and. Uh... This it's supposed to be go from like negatives this week to the early outlook for next weekend is in the fifties. Oh my gosh! So I'm confused. Um, I don't I don't really know, but I, I don't, I'm not really sure how this works. I'm currently taking meteorology courses as we go along to to learn. This. Interesting, but yeah. Are, are you enjoying that so far? I haven't started yet. I have to uh, do. I have to do a couple things before I can, before I can do that. Okay. Okay. So, fun fact for the people at home. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Um, it one. I. I'm gonna start this off with by saying a pet peeve of mine, um, is that I despise like unnamed sources. If if you consider yourself an unnamed source, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I, that means, and I need you to I need you to know one thing. Hit me with it. I need you. I need you to just breathe and take Aaron Rodgers' advice of relaxing. I guess I I don't I know, know exactly he, what you're talking about, and I I need you to I need you to chill. I need you to chill because I don't think that's I don't think there's any truth to that at all. And I think that's just a complete fabrication. Oh, and and yeah, admittedly, I'm most certainly talking about AD, but it's one of these things where it doesn't matter what is, and especially like the NBA is massive on it because one thing that especially, you know, and I actually give uh, Adam Silver a lot of credit for this is that he's been able to take um, one sport and make it a 12 month event 
Wait, because... you, wait, wait. You're talking about AD. You're not talking about Kyrie. I. I I don't I don't believe yeah I am talking about AD I don't okay. I haven't given and maybe it's because I'm I've just really it's one of those things where I have put a mental block in my brain and I I refuse to believe that it will ever happen until until I'm proven wrong and until I'm proven wrong then you know what I'll uh, yeah I don't like to think about that but. Currently, no. I, I'm, I'm just talking about AD. Definitely the, the NBA in general, but with all of these rumors, because once the in ten days or is it nine days now that you know the deadline, uh, the trade deadline hits, and then at once the season ends, it's immediately into the draft, and then once the draft ends, then. You know, it's immediately into free agency and then trades and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and and even G, uh, the G League is making quite a headway into this. Right. Being where they've already they've already jumped into territory where minor league baseball has never really been able to get into on a television standpoint, not on a not on a real life ticket sales standpoint. But I mean, you have people like last year when. LaMelo Ball, um, I think it was he played Zion Williamson, that that was like the most watched high school basketball game of all time. Like LeBron couldn't even get into the stadium. That's how, that is how packed it was. That's how many people were there. So it's, it's one of those things where I love that the NBA is year-round because I do love the NBA, and I think that that's really good for them in the fact that, you know, it's Super Bowl media week. And what we're talking about is not the Super Bowl. We're talking about a man with a unibrow instead. <laughs> we're talking about a man with a unibrow. Uh, I do. I do just want to inform the people at home that I, my intention, my full attention is back. Uh, Dayton did end up covering, so I'm very excited about that. St. Joe's. Yeah, Dayton minus nine, and it was a. It was. I was sweating bullets. Would they win by eleven? <laughs> right on the line, baby. Pure, pure bullets. And then, they, and then St. Joe's went for a three and missed. And I was so excited. Oh my gosh! I can just imagine if they would have hit that. That would have just honestly. I think you probably would have heard the dial tone. <laughs> I legitimately believe you would have heard the dial tone. Okay. Well, you know what? That's very understandable. I would have held nothing against you for that. Um. So. Speaking of the Super Bowl, Wait. last night was open yes. night, and I'm, I'm sure you have seen the antics that occurred last night. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. With a one president and 15 Secret Service slash security agents for the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, time will put the fire out itself eventually um but yet people decide to keep going back and just you know waving the flames just a hair every once in a while so i think it i think that makes it worse for them i mean you don't have to issue credentials but i mean if they're running around pulling shenanigans just don't do anything about it i don't oh one of them definitely was i don't know what the other one was thinking what do you I don't know what the other one was doing. I know that PFT was. I don't know what what, Pre, what, uh, what Prez was doing other than just standing there. Oh, no. Prez was interviewing people, too. 
Yeah, he he uh, he lightly threatened Ndamukong Sue that he was watching him heavily if he did anything to Brady. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Okay. So he started off the question with, I know that you're one of the dirtier players in the NFL. <laughs> That's okay. That, never mind. Never mind. I'm going to. Uh... Yeah, you're going to retract that one? Yeah. Well, I mean, PFT asked Gronk about, uh, said that a first grader was asking him questions about a 69 joke. So it's it went off the rails real quick. His, his answer after that was fantastic. It was. And I'll, I'll be real with the people at home. Uh, Rob Gronkowski asked the people a math problem, and which if you which if you do the math, I didn't know. I did not know. I literally had to do the mental math. I was like, wait, and then I had to put PEMDAS into effect. <laughs> to put PEMDAS, <laughs> and because because Rob said it real quick, he was like, uh. Six times nine plus six plus nine, and I was like, "Wait, wait, Nick." Uh, yeah, I was almost to the point where I needed to write it down, and I did it. And I was like, "Wait, all right, we're gonna do multiplication first. All right, we've got that down." And then I was like, "No way, this adds up to what I think it does." And by golly, it did not disappoint. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it how they're they're light, and I mean, uh, when you're when you can get the the buttoned up people. Um, like Ian Rappaport and even Adam Schefter to kind of, you know, undo their tie a little bit, show a little bit more of the personal side. Everybody loves it. It's a win-win. I mean, they get to show a little bit more personal side. It never hurts them. They always gain more followers because of it. So, Right. Yes. Absolutely. But uh, I personally, I love this week of the year. I think it's one of the best. I think it uh... – uh, media day brings out the best in, in some of the athletes and some of the worst, uh, you know, some of our most memorable moments come from media day, whether it's, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch's I'm just here. So I won't get fined yep. or, uh, uh, or Gronk just being Gronk and telling us to do math problems. And <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. I think it's one of the best and, uh, I'm happy that I've that I've been able to enjoy it with Gronk antics for four out of the last five years. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a much better week for you and every other Patriots fan than it is for the rest of us. I don't see. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think it's great for everybody involved because then you get Gronk telling everybody to do math problems. I don't hate that. Um... And you also find out that. Uh, uh, their the Patriots punter is also secretly Pat McAfee's twin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that interview I, on uh, Dan Patrick show, but I missed it. Shout out to Dan Patrick, proud University of Dayton alum, uh, great great human being. So shout out DP. Uh, they had an interview with him, and I, I gotta say. He could he could be Pat McAfee too. I am very excited to see uh, Pat McAfee do color or do color commentary for uh, the near fu- or in the near future. Hopefully, I I agree. I think uh, Fox gave him a shot at the end of the year, and I think he did great in the booth. And I think uh, I think he's might replace Bruce Arians. The guy was electric. Um, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce could not go five minutes without swearing. So if Pat can hold on to that. <laughs> it's far. difficult, all right. <laughs> I I understand Bruce, but um, 
do you think that given his performance this year, do you think that Tony Romo deserves to be a- at the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. See, here's the thing. Here's 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 the uh, here's the thing that it comes that boils down to me. You're either getting Chris Collinsworth, the slide, the the slide, the electric slide, uh, or you're getting um, was it Troy Aikman with Joe Buck? I think so. And to be honest with you, if I'm having a former quarterback be be in the uh, booth, I would prefer Tony Romo. Okay. Well, see, I mean, a lot. Joe Buck does get a lot of hate. I completely understand it. Um, to me, he's. I blame I blame Aikman for it more than <laughs> I think he's fine. I think he's great in baseball when he has like Smoltzy or when he has, um, you know, somebody else. I come. I blame Aikman for for his <laughs> his football. Let's see. I feel like Joe Buck has to pick up a lot of the slack for Aikman because Aikman is terrible. I'm so glad that you – and I was simply thinking of it more that I just find Joe Buck's voice and, like, what he does and his, like, temperament and his, like, methodical approach to sports in general to be much better suited for baseball. That's, that's uh, fine I with agree. me. I, I love – he's so good at the World Series. So good. He is. He's. He's honestly him at the World Series is like one of the best. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of similar. It's one of those classic calls that you can like look forward to at the end when it's like you know he's you know crowning the champion and you know it just sounds like it belongs. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. It's like how I I would argue that if science determines that we can clone people, the first person that needs to be safely cloned is Gus Johnson. And Gus Johnson needs to do every basketball game from college, overseas, G League, NBA. Here comes a fire take for you. Yeah. Gus Johnson needs to do the Super Bowl once. Oh, Gus Johnson can do every sport. The guy's electric. I'm just used to him in March Madness. I think I think Gus Johnson needs to start doing the college football playoff. I, I think that he'd be incredible. I think that Gus Johnson could do I think he needs to do the college football playoff and I think he needs to do the Super Bowl once. I also think that Kirk Herbstreit needs to do the Super Bowl once. Mm. I lo- here's the thing about Herbie. Here's the thing. If Ohio State's not playing, he's totally great. Why do they give these people and I'll even, you know, I'll I'll kind of give a pivot foot here is that, you know, they give Kirk Herbstreit all the Ohio State games. But, you know, they also give, you know, Jay Billis and Jay Williams all of the Duke games. But why? I, I don't think that they've been able to remove themselves enough from it. That's just me. No, I don't think so either. And I think I, I personally don't think that ESPN cares when it comes to that stuff. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, it's a, it, as long as they're, you know, at home, I don't think it matters. I think if it's at like Virginia. And, and Jay Williams is doing the game, and Jay Billis is doing the game. I think that's a problem, in my opinion. But Jay Billis is also, you know, him and Herb Street are like basically a clone of each other. But <laughs> just different sports. Yeah. So that's what I like both of them. I genuinely do. I think Billis is very, I think they're both very smart guys, and I think that they bring a lot to the table. I just I need to see less of them when they do. Like put Dickie V on when you have you know Duke games. Is he an alumni of Duke or is he just obsessed with Duke? Dickie V. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe he's an alumni. Or maybe obsessed with Coach K because I lump him in with those guys, but I know that he, or at least I didn't think that he was an alumni. I just thought that he was like obsessed with Coach K. I think he's just obsessed with Coach K. 
But yet, but then, but then again, uh, no, he went to Seton Hall. Okay. Okay. Out of nowhere, Seton Hall. Is that A ten? No, Seton Hall is Big East. Interesting. Okay. Here's here's a good one for you. How old do you think Dickie V is? Okay, well, I think that Dickie V is old enough to be able to receive benefits from Social Security. So that means I'm, that means I'm putting him at at least sixty four. Yeah, um, you're, you're you are correct there. So I I'm going to go ahead and say seventy one. Oh boy, we're talking seventy nine. Dear Lord, <laughs> what? He's turning. He turns eighty in June. He does have more energy than I do. That, and that's preposterous. Look, look, can we can we just be honest? Lee Corso has more energy than I do. Well, I... And Lee Corso, Lee Corso is 83. I love Lee Corso. Everyone loves Lee Corso. The sad thing is, and I, and I truly do hate to say this, the minute that he uh, leaves college game day, or in in some capacity, whether he leaves this earth or he just has just says I'm done. Yeah, yeah. College game day is going in the pooper. I'll still watch it unless I'll still watch it, but it won't be as entertaining. No, not at all. And my biggest fear for that is, you know, it cannot turn into some sort of like a shtick fest. You know, you no, can't bring in. See, see, I don't think it'll be a shtick fest. I think they will turn it into um, what is it like E sixty two point Oh, okay. Something just like NFL countdown. No, where they like do like all of like the heartbreaking stories that they always do every week. Oh, if they put Bob Lee, I will not watch. No, it's not gonna be Bob. <laughs> it's gonna be whoever they have right now. Bob Lee makes me at like he's an incredible, like very good journalist. But I know for a fact every time that I see Bob Lee on my television, that I'm gonna hear a lot of sad things. Oh yeah, no. You know who? You know who I? You know who I can't um, look at the same anymore. Do you remember Chris Colli- uh, Connolly? Uh, what did he do? That name rings a bell. He was at uh, Grantland. He is like an editor at E60, and he currently works at ABC. Oh, okay. I remember him from Grantland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like, just like look at him. It's just like he he just looks like he just brings sadness sometimes. And like I expect him to like tell like the heartbreaking stories. He just may. You never know. Bob Lee just I don't know if Bob, Bob Lee is like Bob Cox ESPN to be honest with you. I hope Bob Lee gets paid a lot of money for all the He gets paid a lot of money to not be on television. I can handle that. Because he is not on television that much. No, it's like they give him like a Sunday morning piece on like outside the lines. Right. And that's a that's like a battle. But that's at like nine in the morning when like the only, everyone's watching politics. Yep. Uh, that's usually how that goes, right? Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just watching, and Kansas just got there fifth loss and three of those are within the big 12 they are taking a beating from the big 12 so far this year from unranked teams see here's the thing about the big 12 here's 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 the thing the big 12 is a lot um 
um, more congested this year than in years past. I don't think there's one team that really ranks above the rest. Kansas would like to think it's them, but it's not. Kansas always thinks it's them. But the thing about Kansas is that you're always guaranteed to have a Kansas loss at some point within the first two rounds of the (laughs) NCAA tournament. That and Duke losing to, like, Colgate is, like, like clockwork. So, I don't don't really expect anything from them. Um, When it comes to the Big 12 itself, I mean, I don't really know how you can compete with right now how the – SEC currently has Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, who else is from the SEC in this right now? Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, and Mississippi State in the top twenty-five. Yep. Nope. I I agree. And and you know, meanwhile, you're in the you're you're looking at the the Big Twelve standings, and literally everybody's just combined into one which is hilarious to me because it's like no team has overtaken each other, but you have like serious like contenders in, I would say West Virginia, even though they had a bad loss to um, Buffalo, who is rolling it right now. Um, Then you have Kansas state at nine and two, you have Baylor. I'm sorry, five and two, you have Baylor five and two. Then you have Texas tech, Kansas and Iowa state all with three losses. Yeah, no. And, and the best, Honestly, the best worst team right now in the Big Twelve is Oklahoma, and they're three and five in conference, and all five loss, and they have six losses on the year. Yeah, I mean they're just beating each other up in conference. I mean, um, Kansas has played Iowa State twice. They lost the first one, won the second one. They won the second one when Iowa State was ranked, but Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas, all unranked when they lost to them. Their other two losses, Arizona State ranked 18, well, when they played them, and then they lost to Kentucky earlier this week, completely valid loss. So it's one of those things where outside of the conference that their their losses are completely reasonable, the top 10, top 20 teams. I agree. I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Here's my, here's, my, here's my personal thinking on the way that the top 25 is, is ranked right now, okay? And and they, this is I, this is must listen to. I guarantee you. Okay, Tennessee perfectly ranked where they are. Okay, Duke overrated by five spots. Mm. Virginia, I would say they should be the number two team in the country. I would say that right now. I didn't watch today's game against NC State, so I can't. You know, they won by a point, but they still won. So I think that they're the number two team in the country. Gonzaga is going to come out of nowhere and roll people. I'm telling you right now. Well, they're currently still rolling people, so. Yeah, but they're rolling people in conference. That's the thing about Gonzaga. Gonzaga, you have to take with a grain of salt because they will, they, you know, don't really schedule hard teams outside of, you know, they play Texas A&M, Arizona, and they beat Duke. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, well. Oh, I'm sorry. Then they lost to Tennessee and UNC. So, I, you know. Take them with a grain of salt. Do you think that the Duke mentality might be similar to Golden State's mentality? Like, hey, let's just get in and then we'll just wreck. No, because Duke no, because Duke has no place with that mentality. Has no standing with it. What, because they have two losses? No. Cause if you look at uh Duke's like last like uh last, you know, whatever tournaments they've been in, right? They always go. 
but then what have they done when they've gotten there? I'll give you this, all right? Since 2016, okay? 2016 is a good barometer, in my opinion. I mean, yes, no, since 20, uh, since 2006, okay? 20, 2006 is a good uh, barometer. They've lost in the first two rounds, one, two, three, four, five times since 2006. Granted, they've won the NCAA tournament twice, but they've lost in the round of 64 five times. I agree. I mean, do you think that this is a team that we can compare them to? No. I think if we compare them to anybody, I believe we should compare them to, like, in the NBA circles, I think we should compare them to San Antonio. How so? They make it every year, but they lose to, like, they lose. They fight. They will lose. Oh, so the Raptors. I would see more San Antonio because San Antonio, at least, you know, they, they will lose in, like, the second or third round. Well, San Antonio's also won a couple as well. Um, right. I mean, so is Duke. It's, a valid, it's not like they've never won. It's a, it's a valid connection. In fact, that just helped your point out. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily like the NBA comparison. Um, like, I think right now the the best team that you can compare to, to Golden State in my book right now is probably Villanova. What? They've never done that. They're used to winning, so they're just – you know they're they're not being complacent at all. They're just kind of trying to fly under the radar, get the job done, and then they'll turn the Jets on when they need it. I mean, they've turned the Jets on in Big East play, so they turn the Jets on when when it absolutely is necessary. But I mean, in the last, you know, when does Golden State uh, run start? Actually, like what two thousand eleven? Uh, I'd probably put it thirteen, fourteen. Okay, so since then, Villanova has won their conference every year. Cause I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a run, but because, you know, they weren't putting together quality postseason runs for those two years, but you could clearly tell that what they were building was about to be massive. No, let's, let's, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest right now. Every year they have not won an NCAA tournament, they've lost the first weekend. Since 2012, they have lost the first weekend or they've won the national championship, and there is no in-between. But the only reason why I'm comparing them to Golden State is because they've won their conference every year, whether it's regular season or the, or the conference tournament too, and they've won twice in the last, you know, eight years. That makes sense. So it's – it's tough to put, you know, compare apples to oranges, but I think that might be the best outside of maybe. I mean, you could probably put North Carolina up there, but I, I don't know. I think you could put North Carolina up there. Okay, then then let me let me go to the Roy Williams page, and I would also say, it. I would say in terms of always getting there but never finishing. That's Michigan State, like, encompassed in my mind. Or Syracuse. Shout out to Mello. Or Syracuse, honestly, because Syracuse wasn't supposed to make it there the, whatever year they went to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and then just lost. I don't hate that one. 
Okay, here's here's a in the same time period that I just gave Villanova, so 2012-13. Uh, North Carolina has made it to the NCAA tournament every year. No shock. Um, they've won it once. They've finished runner-up once. They went to the Sweet 16 in the round of 32 both times, in three other, in four other times. That's essentially almost always there. Like, always in the conversation. But it's the round of 32. It's the round of 32, round of 32, Sweet 16, runner-up champion round of 32. That's my that's my problem with it right now is that the that there isn't like a consistent there isn't a consistent team no that go that you can that you can say all right they're in the sweet sweet sixteen every year I make a point with you I don't, think, I don't uh, we we have literally never in the history though of college basketball seen a team where three of their starters are projected to go in the top five of the draft. I mean, that's something that's just beyond unprecedented. Right. I don't know. I don't know right now. I think, I think the closest that we could probably, that we could have to saying they're in the sweet 16 every year could be this year, Michigan's team. Uh, I don't hate that. Because, I mean, the last three years alone, it's runner-up Sweet 16, round of 62, round of 64. And with the way they're playing this year, I, I could easily see them going to the Sweet 16. Well, they they were the ones that lost to Louisville and then technically won or technically didn't win. I, I don't know how we're classifying that. Um, And then what, they were in the championship game last year? They were in the championship game last year. They were in the Sweet 16 the year before that, and they were in the round of 64 the year before that. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, the next closest that you could say after that is Kentucky. And we're coming full circle. Yeah. It's prob- that's probably the next closest that you could say. Them, it's Sweet 16, Elite 8, round of 32, Final Four. And then Division One runner-up. <laughs> yeah, I with 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 a sprinkle of NIT first round in there in 2012. Oh wow! Uh, they they went. Th- this is this is how unbelievable Calipari is in his first four seasons at Kentucky. Okay, <laughs> Elite Eight, Final Four, champion, NIT first round. That's that's impressive. How bipolar is that? That is ridiculous. That's that literally is. You went. From, that's basically saying you went from being the national champion to to losing. I gotta say though, I think Kentucky they they produce some of the most incredible prospects that don't. Right. Don't right. win oh. championships I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes on that for a second. Just one second. All right. I would say produce is a strong word. 
say, I would say, to be honest with you, I would say that you have to be there at least two years in order to be produced as a, you know, you know what I mean? Fine. Drafted from. Thank you. That's better. I'll accept that. Wait, when, I mean, some, some really good, I'm, I'm just looking at a list right now, but like Bledsoe, Booker, Boogie, AD, De'Aaron Fox, who I still think will be absolutely incredible. And I'm so happy to see that his play is backing up my take. Um, Cantor, Kid Gilchrist. Cantor played at Kentucky? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, Malik Monk. He got the most wanted guy from Turkey to go play for him. That's incredible. Bingo. I'm going to round it out real quick that uh, Julius Randle, Rondo, Cat, and John Wall. Wow. I think that, that is – I think – like, those are guys – I legitimately believe if you put that roster all together, there's one championship right now. Right now, with John Calipari as the coach, I legitimately think they could win every. Uh, well, considering only one of them has a ring so far, I don't know. No, I'm saying with Calipari as their coach, maybe. I legitimately believe that they could win every game. Brandon Knight. Um... Yeah, I mean, these are some Tyler Euless. I don't know. You know what I would Bam. Plus, plus you throw in Bam Malik Monk. Oh, yeah. yeah. But does it have Malik Monk on here? Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, I said him. Uh, I did not say Bam. I, I didn't even see him on here. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of it, it says Nerlens Noel and it's talking about the Mavericks and I'm thinking that you know if I'm if I am Mark Cuban now is an incredible time to go after a big man that's out in the market at the moment. Uh, I think I think you need uh, in my opinion if there is a team that desperately needs Anthony Davis, it is the Dallas Mavericks. And I'll tell you why. I'm not disagreeing. I know you're not, I know you're not going to. But when this season's over, you will have finished the Dirk Nowitzki retirement tour. Who is the best person, in your opinion, that could fill those shoes? Um, I'm, I mean, the, what, that's a free agent? That's anything. Who is the best person, in your opinion, to fill Dirk Nowitzki's shoes? That's a loaded question. I don't. It is. I don't want to say. That, I don't want to say Chris Dabbs because he's foreign and white, but I am thinking about it. <laughs> but but that's that's the that's that's essentially the question that they're going to have to answer in this offseason is who is going to replace Dirk? And right now, in my opinion. They don't have a soul. No, 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 no. They, they, they don't at all. I mean, I, I think, I think the closest that they could probably get in the draft is Zion, but they're not going to get that pick. No, because um, who was it? The because they don't have a pick in the first round. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! And. The um, the Cavs 
just got their 11th win. Uh, yeah, so that would be the Knicks pick. Oh, yeah, they, they beat the Wizards. And so, and in the past two days, or excuse me, the past week, they beat the Bulls and the Wizards, both other teams that are tanking. They're not tanking very well. They are. Uh, they're. They're the biggest loser. Let's be perfectly honest. No, I'm. I'm. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, I mean, there's. There are some a lot. There are a lot easier players that you could go out and get for much cheaper. Um, than Anthony Davis, like DeAndre Jordan, comes to mind. Um, for me at that point in time, just just big men that are able, able to move the ball and able to have a, a presence on the court that makes people worry about them and solely about them. Um, and where where is – DeAndre is in Detroit now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Marc Gasol could come close to filling that gap. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think – I do think, though, that if you're the Mavericks, that you've got a lot of a lot of room uh, to fill that gap. Um, wait a second. So I just I just want the I, I want the people. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm incorrect. The Mavericks have DeAndre Jordan already. He is not on. Okay. He, yeah, I I had that wrong, but. Is he hurt? Mm-hmm. Let's do a little math. How is that math? Well, <laughs> I don't. How it? This isn't. This isn't six times nine. <laughs> six plus nine. This isn't. This isn't a Gronk math problem. This is just asking if he's hurt. <laughs> I gotta go to Basketball Reference see if he's, he's got my see if he's got his stats. All right, we just created the next Twitter page, everybody. Is is DeAndre Jordan hurt? I think that, I think that's a reasonable question, frankly. Um, why can I not see? Ah, there it is. So he's played forty nine games right now. He's played forty nine games, and he is. And what is the record? 22 and 27. So that's 49. So he should not be hurt, according to that math. means he's played every game. Yeah, he missed a game. He started. It says he's played 49, started 49, averaging 31 minutes a game, or a hair over, I should say. And he's shooting... Pretty darn good. Ah, uh, here's 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 where we are. So he did. So he sprained his ankle, and he played with it. So, and uh, the Mavericks will not seek to re-sign DeAndre Jordan in the offseason. There we go. All right, that answers that. But then, why don't so, they include him in a trade package? Well, for I for I was thinking for anybody, but nobody wants. I mean, because essentially, it's like if you. If you trade him in part of a trade package, then at the end of the season, that he could walk for that team too. Because um, that's that's basically going to have to be a sign and trade where 
you're basically shooing in that he's going to sign a contract with you. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people I would include in this trade if I'm Dallas. In fact, there's literally only one person that I'm not involving in this trade. Who? Luca. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like New Orleans would ask for Dirk, but but by the time that this should be going on, let's be, let's, on. let's be perfectly honest. Let's be perfectly honest. Dallas is not going to trade Dirk. No, no, and I don't think. I mean, so the the reason I said that is because you know he, you've got if you are New Orleans and for whatever reason you want to get rid of Anthony Davis within the next nine days, which I don't think is necessarily smart, but it's an, I don't think they're going to do it. They shouldn't because they shouldn't, but I don't think they're going, I don't think they, a can and B, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, they, they, I don't think they want to. No, no. Because if you're doing it now that that means you can't get a look at the rest of the league. So there are a lot of teams that have to wait until the off season cue the Celtics in order to be able to make something work so that they can get certain money off the books and have certain people be available, maybe coming off of contracts or signing new people to kind of arms race to get to these people. I mean, if I'm, if I'm new Orleans, then I'm saying like, Hey man, you can, you can play like in the all-star game. You can do, you know, slam dunk contest if you actually want to do that i don't think you do but you know i don't think we want you playing the rest of the season because then if he plays they're gonna win and if you know he's leaving then you're gonna want a better draft pick or you're gonna try to win with him now they i they they just can't there's see i just like to have the outside hope oh i'm sorry no, they have the 11th overall pick. They're definitely in no position. <laughs> I apologize for that. Uh, they're no position. And I mean, I think... Which, I think... which right now, in a, in a mock draft, they're projected to take uh, Bruno Fernando out of Maryland, which is a pretty solid pick to replace Davis. I, they're definitely going to be looking for big guys. But I mean, these, these are kind of things where Dennis Smith Jr. will be gone. Harrison Barnes will be gone. Um... I don't think anybody wants JJ Barea, but it might be to just get him off their contract. They'll, they might even post some a uh, some younger players. Costas, I don't know. So I want to I want to have some fun with you right now, okay? So I'm currently looking at the mock draft as of the 24th for the 2019 draft. Okay. Can you guess the school where the number one pick is from? What the number one projected draft pick? Yes. Uh, Duke. No. So that's just so that's just wrong. The top. It's not. It's not. And uh, and you'll understand why in a. Why is he from another country? No. Um. He is from a team that I right now am going to project will upset Duke this year. If they play them in the tournament. Which they probably will. What, in like a 1-2 seed? No, in like a 1... I don't know. I don't know where they're going to rank these guys. Oh, this is this is tough. 
Well, then I can't pick any, and it's not a top eight team. It's not. It's not anywhere remotely in the top twenty-five. I don't think. Oh well, then you're just gonna have to. Well, give give me region. Ohio Valley Conference. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm immediately well no no because when I think of the Ohio Valley I think of the Mac. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Um. I didn't even know Ohio Valley was D1. That's fair until you hear this team, and then you're going to be like, oh, wait, yeah, that makes sense. Um, let me think. Um, Who is it? Here's, 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 here's the best way that I could do this for you, okay? Who is a team that is almost guaranteed every year to, like, find a way to uh, win something? Like win, win a round, or at least be competitive in a first in the first round. Uh, Murray State. There it is. <laughs> I was I was also for, uh, thinking Eastern Kentucky. So currently, Murray State right now Smart. is sixteen and three on the season. Okay. With I'm pretty sure the senator for Virginia as their West coach as their assistant coach. His name is Tim Kane. I swear to God, I'm not kidding. Well, it's yeah. I don't think Tim Kane knows much about sports, but yeah, sure. So currently, they have three losses. One of them is to Alabama by six points at Alabama. One of them is to Auburn at Auburn by five. Points. War Eagle. And one of them is at home to Belmont, which is a bad loss. Currently, their best player is a sophomore. Okay? All right. This year, I believe, let me me do the math. Last year, he averaged 12 points a game, started every game. Okay? This year, if I can pull it up quick enough and just keep you on edge and you'd suspense. Of course. Just keep the suspense rolling. Just keep it there. <laughs> We're getting there. There we go. Yes, there we go. This year, he is averaging, I believe, 30 points a game. Where is this? Yeah, he's averaging 30 points a game right now. It wouldn't be the Big Ten if Michigan and Ohio State were getting in a fight. Oh, dang it. I got to turn that on. That's that. It wouldn't be the Big Ten, Michigan State. Oh, wow. Michigan really blew the doors open here. <laughs> Why don't I have averages? Why is your website stupid, Murray State? Uh, well, you cannot expect the Ohio Valley Conference to be able to put out a good product. I can. I can absolutely expect that. Oh, there it is. (laughs) 
I'm like right there. I'm on his page, and it's just not it's not coming up. I think he's averaging 30 points a game. I got to figure it out. Do you have a bloody nose? No. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. He's averaging 24.1 point a game. He has 200 assists. And he averages five rebounds a game. Okay. Uh, but those are very, very good stats. And those, and those including defenses that in, that are Alabama, where he averaged, where he got thirty eight points. Auburn, where he got twenty five. And his best game this year was against uh, S I U E, where he put up forty points. All right, so you anticipate that Murray State will beat Duke, but you yes. you're also anticipating that. This wonderful gentleman will be picked first in the draft. I do. Okay. If 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 it is like Cleveland, because Cleveland needs a point guard that isn't named what's whatever his name is. Do, do not disrespect Chetty Osman. I wasn't even no. I was doing uh, Delhi. Oh, Delhi's. Oh, he is back on the Cavs, isn't he? Yep. Well, Delhi is a. NBA champion, so cannot disrespect there. Murray State is currently. Oh, don't disrespect. Oh, please disrespect Murray State all you want. Please do it. I beg you. They're not even top 50. No. And they have like literally single digit losses at on the road at like these ridiculous places. They're currently a five seed. I mean, they're currently a 12 seed. And they're patched up next to Maryland in the first round, Villanova in the second round, and then Duke. Well, they're clearly not beating Villanova. Eh, put, put your money on that. I would. I would. Uh, I, I, I am not hopping on the Villanova bandwagon yet. Yes. It sounded like you were earlier. I, I, I love Villanova, and I love Jay Wright, but I just, I'm not hopping on the bandwagon yet. They have they have some really bad losses. They haven't lost since Kansas, which they lost by three, which is spectacular. But they have losses to Furman in overtime, Michigan by thirty points at home, and then a loss against Penn. Only one of those is acceptable. And it's not even Michigan by thirty points at home. That was that's what it was for me. That's not what it is for me. You can't lose to you can't lose when you're Right when you were going into the game as the eighth overall seed, as the eighth team in the country, you can't go into that and lose by 30 points at home to a Michigan team that, granted, is a lot better. I didn't realize this game was being played at Michigan. Pelicans beat the Rockets without Anthony Davis. Are they just sitting him now? Is that what this is going to be? Is this just sick? It's what it should be. I hope not. I mean, from a business standpoint, that's what it should be. And no way, um, 
they'll wait until either like a couple of days before the draft or after the draft to deal him or even like draft night. But the, uh, they, if the Pelicans are making a decision that's smart business for them rather than smart business for AD, which they should be from a business standpoint, that they'll wait until they can assess all the valuable options so that other teams um, – uh, other teams like um, Oklahoma City, other teams like um, even Philadelphia can get in on these conversations that they want to be a part on. And they just have to wait a little bit to see what happens in the season. So that this so it said essentially anybody but the Lakers can be in on the conversation. And it's like that a team doesn't have to listen to tell him like where he wants to go to. I mean, right. Paul George went to Oklahoma city, found out that he loved it there. Resigned. Um, I mean, I also think he got some assurances from what's his name from Russell. Yeah. That is seriously a team that if they were to add Anthony Davis, I would automatically no. pen him no. in for Western Conference no. finals. no, no, we've done this before. Actually, no, we haven't. We had done this before. It's Steven at like Steven Adams is amazing, and I I like him quite a bit. One of the best. Actors. No, 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 no. That's not my point. That's not my point. No, that's not my point. My point is that we've done this before. They we tried the Carmelo project, and look how that ended up for everybody. I think that. I think that the entire NBA is insulted that you compared. Carmelo to Anthony Davis at all? No, no, I'm not. Com- no, I'm only comparing them in one sense and one sense only. Okay, this is preposterous. I think, I think Anthony. I think Anthony Davis is a far better player than Carmelo ever. Has. I believe. I believe that Anthony Davis needs his touches, and and Russ is not going to be able to give him the touches that Anthony Davis needs. That's what we said about Paul George. Like, oh, he was the only one in Indiana to touch the ball. This is going to be go terribly for him. Yeah, then Paul George adapted. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. Bello didn't adapt. I'm not entirely sure that AD could. Mello is the only person that has proven me wrong in this art in this conversation that of ever. In this in this conversation, I think it would be a much more worthwhile experience. I think I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that we need to be careful when we have these conversations because we know the egos that are in play here, and I'm not entirely sure all the egos can mesh together. Like like you know, like we thought that the Celtics were going to be fantastic this year, and the Celtics currently can't trip over the start line. No, no. You know why? Because they still haven't gotten up. Yeah, it's valid. Who will be able to trip over the start line? And even, I mean, even technically, we we haven't seen the Warriors at full strength yet. They haven't assimilated with one another yet. Maybe they'll never have to. I don't know. But if if AD is going to a compete now team, which he should be, um, rather than rather than build now, that that automatically narrows his search, and then we can see. I think that. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that argument that he should go to a win now team. I think. I think he should go to a build now team, but I think it needs to be a team that 
has the Celtics frame of mind of a build now team. Where they were lucky enough to make the playoffs, you know, every year under Brad Stevens, and then they've just continually gotten better. I, when it comes to build now teams, I think that there's only a couple really viable options um, to where it's like, oh, well, we're, we're building, but, you know, we need a couple of pieces, but yet we can still get rid of a lot of young players. Like, I think Dallas is one of those options. I think, I believe that even Sacramento is one of those options where they can dish Bagley, uh, they can dish a couple of these other guys, keep De'Aaron Fox, and still make Anthony Davis happy. Um, I don't think that he wants to go to any of these places. But, again, that's also not his choice. Right. I think that his I think that his search like I think that he only has probably like three maybe four teams in his mind and I think that all of these teams that want him or started the day off today or even the day off yesterday with a whiteboard being like how can we make this happen cuz I do think that every team will make a call it's whether they get a call back or get hung up on or anything like that and I think that there's very few of them where that can happen I think I think it's I think I think the only teams that really will get a phone call from the Pelicans uh, are the Lakers, and they shouldn't even be calling anybody. Everybody should be calling them. But yes, I know. no, I agree, I agree. I think the only team that will actually get a picked up phone call from them is the Lakers. Um, the is the Lakers. I would say the Celtics, but the Celtics have issues. I don't even know uh, people are saying the Knicks. That infuriates me. Uh, the Knicks would have to, the Knicks. The Knicks would have to see the package, and I I don't think that they need that. Uh, I don't think that there's any trade offer that they could give them that does not include Kristaps that they would accept. Well, it's also more so based on this, um, not harebrained, but like really far out scheme that over the over the off season they'll be pulling. You know, oh well, if you come to us, we'll be able to get. KD or Kyrie or maybe even both of them. I don't see that situation happening. I don't see either one of them going, even if AD does go there. I don't see that happening. So I, I, I'd be very surprised if, if because the, to me, a lot of their plan is based on the future and what this offseason could provide. But that is a wild amount of uncertainty. And that's See, the KD conversation makes more sense than Kyrie, in my opinion. Oh, completely. Because I think, I think when it comes to the KD conversation, it's one of those things where um, he's won a championship and now he wants to do it on his own in a city that he can be immortalized in. Yep. Plus, I think he has some time in New York that I don't know. Uh, I'm sure. They, I'm sure they all do. I believe he has a tie to New York, but not a lot of people know. One team that I think things that they have enough pieces to trade for, but I think they go tragically are the Rockets. They they have uh, they have plenty of pieces to deal, but I don't think that it would work out well. Well, we are talking. We are talking about Mike D'Antoni. And if you thought that Russell Westbrook was going to be a ball hog, ha, 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 ha. I chortle at that compared to James Harden. 
Oh, please, trust me. I we all know that James Harden, James Harden is not the easiest person to be around. No, and I do I do think though that you know I will give him credit though that I think that him and Durant could have lasted longer in Oklahoma City than Durant and Westbrook did. I don't know why. Maybe that was the greatest team that never won a championship, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, yes. Easily. That is by far the greatest team. They, they even, yeah, just, yeah. It's one of those things where you wish, you wish it could have happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, changing gears for just a, just a hot second. As I think my, my time is, is going to be coming to a close soon. because it's already almost 11 o'clock and I have to, you know, get ready for work and break the elements. Mm-hmm. The fun stuff. Which is, which is if, you're, if you want to watch entertainment, watch my Snap Story later. Um, <laughs> Will do. Uh, the, the, I, I am most excited as we wrap up, you know, as we come to the end of the beginning of the end of college basketball season. You know, there's still a lot of games left to play, but we're we're already, you know, we've already got our head in mark. Yep. And the thing that I'm most excited for is just the amount of upsets that are going to happen this year. Because you have teams like you have teams like Yale who will come in and they've won, you know, magically somehow a lot of games, and they've kept and they kept a lot of games close. You have teams like Murray State who have potentially the number one overall pick on their team. You have teams like uh, Oregon who have Bull Bull. All-time name. And you have like Mississippi State. You have Rick You have Rick Pitino's son in Minnesota. Like I, I, I'm just excited for the, for the fact that outside of maybe Tennessee, there isn't really a team. Outside of maybe Tennessee and Michigan, there isn't a team that like you – are looking at right now that says they are a perennial candidate to win it all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I mean, you know, we're, we're not even really, I, I wouldn't say relatively close to having the season be over, but at the same point in time that usually by the tail end of January that we've seen a couple standalones and I have been wrong in the sense that, I didn't think Duke would have lost yet, or they would have maybe had one really close loss to another top five, top ten team. But this has proven to be slightly different than what we were expected. And maybe it's because these kids are only 19. I don't know. Right. No, I, I feel that. I, I am still holding true that it is by far Duke's to lose. It's not anybody else's to win. Um but you know this time next month on on february 29th we'll be having a much different conversation which i'm excited for see to me i'm just i'm not on the duke bandwagon i i don't think as long as shishevsky is there you can put me on the duke bandwagon and i'll tell you why i will tell you why where is their true non-conference road game 
Oh, that's right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> hey, Alabama plays Citadel every year, so. Okay, but at least you know. But no, no, you can't. We can't be actually having this conversation. No, we cannot. Because look, here's here's my thing. Here's my thing with with Duke. Okay. They've played some good teams, and I won't dispute that at all. They've played good teams on their schedule. They've, you know, they've had a they've had a tough year. But when you're playing games that are road games that are at um, Indianapolis against Kentucky, Hawaii against Auburn and Gonzaga, and Madison Square Garden against Texas Tech, you have no business at all complaining about anything. Yeah, but that's just that's just what Coach K does. I but it's so annoying. Oh, oh, I am a hundred and ten percent behind you. But you like at least the really least does least. it. Um, what's his name in Syracuse? Uh, pissed his pants in the middle of the court. I mean, these are divas out there, and because they have been perennial, you know. Um, in the conversation, winning that they think they are exempt from the rules. There are a lot of guys that don't act like that. Tom is Jay, John Beeline. I I get this. I get that with you, right? I'm right there with you. But they had twelve non-conference games, right? Twelve. Four of them, five of them, were outside of the state of North Carolina, and. None of them were on another college campus. And if, if I hear any argument about how St. John's plays at Madison Square Garden, I will actually punch you in the face. <laughs> I wasn't going to say let me, let, me, let, me, let me just compare this with you, okay? I agree. I agree. And they, they hold themselves to a, a higher standard that um, – you know, they don't want anybody else to have, but they get mad if they don't have it. I understand that. Right. I agree. Here's, here's my here's – my, the counter-argument that you can only make is with Syracuse, okay, in my opinion. The, that's the only counter-argument. Bayheim. Syracuse, Syracuse has played only three games outside of uh, the Carrier Dome, okay? They played in that stupid tournament in Madison Square Garden, and then they actually went on the road to Ohio State. It's the most attendance that that stadium or that excuse me that arena has seen in a couple of years. Unbelievable. <laughs> Serious, a good team actually. Like at, least with, at least with Auburn, at least with Auburn, they went to NC State UAB. Okay, two two road games on the road outside of their own apartment, outside of their own you know twenty mile radius. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Bama went to UCF, and Stephen F. Austin. Why? Why they picked Stephen F. Austin? I don't understand. No, they need cupcake at a conference games. And the current number one overall seed, Tennessee, played Memphis at Memphis. Gonzaga in the middle of Phoenix, which I don't really understand why. And then they played in Brooklyn against Louisville and Kansas. So, you know, this we're we're talking, we're having this conversation, but this is a complete joke to me. 
the non-conference of college basketball right now. It's just a joke. Well, and I mean, I think that that'll show. I mean, when when it comes out with with rankings and they compare strength of schedule, that that's exactly what the point of this is. It's unfortunately the bar is set very low. Yep, the bar is set very low, and the only team that I right now am refusing to criticize for their schedule and how they play is Mississippi State. And I have not watched enough Mississippi State to disagree with you. I don't think anybody has, but at least Mississippi State went to Dayton. Maybe they have. But at least Mississippi State went to Dayton. Yeah. Well, yeah, this year might be a little different, but. Yeah, but they went to Dayton, and then they played Clemson in in the uh, Prudential Center. Two tough arenas. The Prudential Center is a joke, but that's neither here nor there. But, like, at least, like, in their non-conference, they went to, like, a tough place and played in Dayton. Yeah. I just I, – I, that's just that's just a conversation that just annoys me. Elite, that elite eight appearances. Anybody who says that Duke is uh, – see, if I was an AP voter, in all seriousness, and I know that I will get a ton of heat for this, I would not have put Duke in my top twenty-five ballot until conference play. Yeah, you would have. You would have definitely gotten a lot of heat for that. I would have. I would have kept them out of the my uh, top twenty-five ballot until conference play. And my, the only the only reason why I'm saying that is because it, their schedule is a joke. I'm not disagreeing with that at a conference schedule, but then you lose to an unranked Syracuse where. A coach is urinating on your floor. No, they won that game. They won that game. It doesn't matter. Oh, wait, no, they did lose. They did lose. Never mind. But Syracuse also is, like, always, like, notoriously like, tough. On home court. Yeah, but Syracuse is always tough. I suppose, but, you know, unranked? I mean, come on. But at least, like, you know, a top a top 20 team right now, in my opinion, that stands out the most – is Buffalo. Buffalo has two losses this year, okay? One on the road at Marquette against a very good Marquette team. And then they lost to Northern Illinois. And they have roads, they have wins on the road at Morgantown, at Syracuse. And other schools that are irrelevant like St. Bonaventure. Two of them though. Very good wins. Yeah, on the road. I'm putting Buffalo deep in my bracket this year. We'll see. We'll see how that ends up for you. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Nope i i under I understand your arguments. Understand your arguments. It's very fathomable to see a lot of that shake out, where, especially when it comes to these younger guys that don't have any experience whatsoever in a major tournament that when they face any a little adversity folding like a house of cards. Yeah. So and I, I welcome to Duke welcome to Duke every year. Well, can't get away from that. Neither can Kentucky. See that's why at least I like college football a little bit better. Just like a little bit, not much. 
because we can have like the same arguments about college football, but at least like, and this is like a terrible example right now, but at least with like Clemson, I want to say, I really want to say Clemson. I really want to say Clemson. Yeah, at least with like Clemson, they started the year at Texas A and M. Yeah. Nope, com- completely agree with you. Well, are those all of your hot takes for college basketball? That's that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's about. We'll it. Have to, that, that about wraps it up. We'll we'll have to jump on soon. I need to get some Super Bowl prop bets out of you. Uh, I will. Oh, oh, I have a great list. I I hope you- I have a full list. I have an entire list that deserves like three hours. I think. Wonderful. I've got eight. I've got eight. <laughs> I'll just go to work, shut the door, turn the phone on. Like here's a here's a nice preview for you, okay? There are five national anthem prop bets. Oh yeah. One that's a popular it's always popular to smash the over, smash smash the under. Always smash the under on time length. I've been right like one forty seven is a minute forty seven and under for you. Oh yeah, because the last one I th- and this is wild that I'm like thinking this and I could be really off. I think the last one was like two oh five, two oh six, and it ended up being like like a good fifteen seconds shorter. Because when you're on such a big stage and you're worried that you know, I mean, even for like normal people that you just talk quicker unless you're Fergie, but that's why. That's why Fergie keeps it interesting. <laughs> There's, I, I forgot, I forgot who it was, but uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, Fergie and um, uh, Mariah Carey really need to have like the same publicist, in my opinion. They just need to do an album. I would be all aboard. <laughs> I would be all aboard, and I will sell them on the street corner. <laughs> I will quit my job and sell it on the street corner. <laughs> I will sell them tomorrow in negative weather. I don't care. Well, it sounds like they've got their first customer. <laughs> sounds like they also have their only customer. <laughs> I, I mean, I I'd a, uh, I listened to it on some streaming services, or at least a couple of the popular songs, but I will I will be purchasing nothing on the street corner. See, but what if it was like a what if it was like a USB where I could immediately go into your streaming service? I've already got Spotify open. If they've released the album, they've got it. I don't know. It's tough. And maybe no, maybe there's there's some benefits or like extra songs that the USB is provided. Maybe it's just they do a mashup of like maybe maybe Mariah sings a Fergie song and Fergie sings a Mariah song. I'd take that too. I think I think I got you sold. There you go. I'm now in on all this album. <laughs> I knew I needed something. I knew I needed a hook line singer. Didn't take long, but there you have it. I love some some mix ups compilations, anything like that. I'm a sucker. So we will uh we will reconvene for our Super Bowl prop bet. Of course. Of course. And any other, you know, of course, pertinent updates in the meantime. Of course, of course. And uh, 
that'll be that'll be on my that'll be on my new channel. Of course. Well, I'm putting that on my new channel. I I only would hope that you would. We'll plug it. We'll plug it later. All right. Well, you be safe. Try and stay warm. If I have to cut off all my fingers, you'll get us. You you will be the first to know. Will I? Who would I be receiving a call from? Uh, probably work. <laughs> Hi, are you Nicholas? Yeah, we know it's four in the morning, but uh, your friend needs to cut off all of his fingers, and he asks us to call you to make sure it's okay. What? Why? Why am I Matthew's emergency contact? Well, we can't answer that question. All right, sounds good. He's currently under anesthetic, and I don't really know why he's your emergency con- why he put you down, but you're down. So I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> That'd be something I would need to see, and vice versa. I can only hope that I would have uh, an audience for mine as well. Of course, you know I'd be there. In an hour. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but I mean, if it does, it's hey. some incredible content. You know what? I pulled over. I, uh, I I found a story yesterday of a lady who went 115 miles an hour in slush and snow conditions in a wait for it 35 mile per hour zone. She, she's still on the. She's still on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> she was arrested. Oh wow! Well, kudos to her for being alive to be able to be arrested. That's impeccable. One fifteen and a thirty-five. Oh my gosh! Wow, that is a uh, that's impressive. I I think it might be to that point where instead of I say you know reckless or stupid, I you know I I might give the anchor man you know I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I think I'm impressed a that she's alive and b that she slowed down to get pulled over. You are actually, yeah, now that I think about it, that might be pretty impressive that that she decided to slow down in the slightest and not just, you know, keep it going until she got into her garage. Yeah, that's what I'm more shocked at. That's valid. That's valid. Yeah. Well, I, I will let you go, but all the listeners, all the mats, be safe, and I will talk to you very soon. I look forward to it. All right. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Adios. Peace.